0: Welcome to Kiri Presents or Inspiring Stories. This is the Health and Wellbeing podcast where I sit down with a special guest to discuss a topic for one of the calendar awareness days. The aim of this podcast is to inspire, inform and celebrate the people who share their incredible stories to help others. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to this month's podcast episode chocolate week typically takes place in October each year, offering a delightful start to the autumn season. This year, this delectable week of chocolate celebration was observed from October the 16th to October the 22nd, and this podcast episode honours it. I am delighted to be joined by the wonderful Christian He's a chef and a chocolatier based here in Dorset Celebrating chocolate week with me And talking about the extraordinary health benefits of eating chocolates. It's most certainly a good one Not only that, his passion and love for his work shines through And it was an absolute joy to talk to him And here's the show Hi, Christian. Hi, Kiri. Hello. It's a pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you for joining me. And first of all, happy birthday, because it was your birthday yesterday, wasn't
1: it? It certainly was. Yeah. Thank you very much. Did
0: you do anything nice? Because it was a special one as well, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, so I turned 40 uh, yesterday. i was a 1983 baby. And yeah. so I'm super Same. proud. <laughs> ah, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> an Excellent year to be born in. It uh, is and uh, so yeah so my my girlfriend has done hats off to her 100% uh, she's done an amazing job you know she told me that on friday we were going to go to um, a comedy festival mm-hmm. and uh, it turns out that wasn't the case i initially was a little bit disappointed but then when i realized it was a, it was actually a surprise party that she'd wow. organized for me uh, wow i very very nearly shed a tear and yeah uh, <laughs> that was all good
0: are you good with surprises were you happy that it was a surprise party because some people aren't are they
1: Oh, I love it! Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, as I, I love surprises, and so when, when I'm doing so, what I do with my business, uh, so I, every once in a while, I throw in a surprise, and, and that that's a bit of fun uh, as well. So giving as well as receiving, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Anything else? Do you do anything nice?
1: So that was Friday, Thursday, nothing but birthday related. But I I won an award for Ooh. for what we do here at Saltco. So we're we're officially the best food provider in Port, which I'm a. Uh, very happy about. That's amazing!
0: Congratulations!
1: Thank you very much. Excellent end to the thirties, no doubt about yeah. it. Then on Saturday, uh, we went to this relatively unknown restaurant called the Fat Duck in Bray, and Mr. <gasps> nice. Heston uh, wow. Blumenthal's place, and that was amazing, absolutely amazing. I could only recommend it. It's hands down the best food I've, I've and experience that I've, I've ever had with regards to food. So. That's incredible.
0: And I bet your girlfriend has to really think hard about where to take you for your birthday, because she couldn't just take you to the the local McDonald's for lunch, could she?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) So it's extra
0: special as well.
1: Yeah, and Laura knows me so well. Uh, (laughs) Laura knows me better than I know myself, I think, at at times. And yeah, and and that really shows and that, that means the world to me.
0: She did really well then.
1: Brilliant. She, she did good,
0: yeah. Ah, right, let's talk about chocolate because it's chocolate week in October.
1: Yes. it's very
0: exciting and right up your street. So, very much so. Let's start from the beginning. Where and when did your passion for chocolate start?
1: Well, I'd say probably from when I was about three or four. So up until my, the age of three or three or four, whatever age it, it seemed to be, all I ate was pears. So when <laughs> when I told my parents that I wanted to be a chef, then that sort of took a, a whole sort of three sixty uh, uh one eighty sorry
0: yeah
1: sort of spin on my on my life. But obviously I was a little bit older than than four when that happened. But as far as I can remember, I've always had a sweet tooth. I love chocolate. Sort of eating it uh, so primarily, and have done for for years and then I, I decided I wanted to be a chef like I said and then sort of the sort of interest to develop from there mm-hmm. so I started off wanting to do purely savory food but then uh, later on in my uh, career I, I started learning a bit about uh, so desserts and then I thought, oh what happens when uh so I start doing this with chocolate and this with chocolate and this with chocolate and then my my interest is just purely sort of stemmed from there so I, I've been a chef for about 20 years now yeah and uh then uh, I'd say a good half of that I've been interested in in desserts and Mm. and, uh, doing stuff with chocolate. And I I really struggle to find anybody who doesn't like chocolate uh, in all honesty.
0: Very good point. Christian, for those who don't know, and that's me included, where does chocolate actually come from and where does it grow? And can it be grown in the UK?
1: Ah, so (laughs) that's a fantastic question. No, it can't be grown in the UK. That said, it is grown in the Eden Project in uh, down in, ooh, is it Devon or Cornwall? in Cornwall, yeah. That's right. And uh, so they, they grow it in there, but that's specially uh, sort of created as an atmosphere for the chocolate. Right. So chocolate originated as in, in sort of Central America and sort of in the north of South America, and then, uh, and that, that was uh, sort of years and years ago, obviously. And then, but now what has happened? It's it's completely developed, and it grows everywhere where there's land in between the two tropics. So you've got tropical Cancer, tropical Capricorn, and then everywhere where there's land in between, that is where chocolate is uh, is now grown.
0: So the super so, hot parts of the world, really, really hot.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Otherwise, we'd be, all be growing it in our back gardens, wouldn't we, if we had the chance?
1: Oh, just, just imagine that. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to nip to the chocolate tree quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd
0: be amazing.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah.
0: So it grows all over the world, but on the different parts of the equator. So is there different tastes? Does so, it taste different in different parts of the world, basically? Could you taste the difference and know where the chocolate has originally grown from?
1: Yes, absolutely. So it's much like, uh, much like wine and much like coffee as well, where it's different areas where it's grown, you, you get different flavors from the terroir. Uh, so chocolate grown in sort of Central America, north, north of South America, uh, that's quite a nutty flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And you move uh, sort of east, I guess, or west, uh, the world, the globe. So <laughs> if you get to, uh, so chocolate grown in Madagascar, for example, that's it's a really fruity flavor to it. And then there, and then so you move around to sort of Indonesia way, and, and then it's a different flavor sort of all together, sort of over there.
0: That's really interesting, isn't it? Because you just think, oh, chocolate's chocolate. You wouldn't think there'll be those definitive flavors in all parts around the world. It's really good.
1: Yeah, completely so agree.
0: who was it that discovered this wonderful product? How long has it been around for?
1: Oh, absolutely centuries. <laughs> So chocolate originated, like I said, in sort of Central America, so north of South America. Yeah. And what they did there, this was long before so any European sort of explorers came over. But what, what they used it for there is they they used the actual chocolate as currency. Wow. And then, so obviously the the richer you you are as a as a family, the more of this brown gold, for want of a better explanation, you, you'd have. And also what they used over there. The cacao for is they made a drink from it. Mm. So a, a modern day, uh, well, so an old age energy drink, uh, as right. I suppose, yeah. uh, because yeah. you get a lot of energy from actual chocolate. And then there, when it came to coming sort of over uh, over the Atlantic, what happened there? It was uh, Christopher Columbus that did it first, but and that was in the I believe the fifteen hundreds. But it, it didn't really take off. Uh, So nothing really came from it because when uh, so what it's used for over in or what it was used for over in Central America, the drink itself is really really bitter. Uh, So this is before any sort of sweeteners or or anything that is added in today's chocolate uh, got added. So uh, Christopher Columbus brings back this uh, really bitter drink that tries to take make it take off uh, in Europe, but it it doesn't. No, it wasn't tasty enough. No, exactly, exactly. So, so then, what happened was, uh, so that got uh, waylaid, I guess. Um, and then, what happened a, a few, a couple of decades later, there was a guy called Hernan Cortez, and uh, he was the guy that came. Uh, he saw the real potential in this drink, and then what happened was he brought it over, so from Central America, and then he brought it over to Spain. And then slowly the uh, the chocolate made its way up through Spain, up through France, uh, through so in Paris it stayed a little while uh, before it moved on, and then it came on up to the UK. And then what happened? Uh, what happened then? It was uh, it started off as this drink that so they used it for in, in Central America. I believe it was it was fries uh, from from memory. And uh, they thought, oh, what happens if you add something a little bit sweeter to it? For example, some honey or some some, uh, agave syrup or some sugar. This was at the time when sugar was just coming into the UK as well. So mixing it together or adding a little bit of sugar, that's a a good thing. It makes it more palatable and, and what have you. And then it kind of just developed from there into what we know it has today.
0: Amazing. So it started off as this bitter drink turned into chocolate so what's the process then of how do they make chocolate from that drink or from the plant how does it actually turn into chocolate that we see today
1: fantastic question ah I'd love to talk about chocolate (laughs) Uh, so uh, so what happens so chocolate is grown on a a tree and there are three main uh, sort of families of the of the chocolate plant But what happens is this this pod, it's a little bit like a rugby ball or an American football, so depending on which way you... It looks nothing
0: like chocolate, does it, as we know it? Uh, It's just a plant. You wouldn't think that chocolate could be made from it
1: yeah you're quite right you're quite right and uh, i th- i think that things like this are fascinating where you, know, you see somebody has seen something growing and uh, oh I, I know let's let's see if we can make something out of it and uh, yeah. the first person that tried an oyster like right, blimey uh, oh. and the first person that tried a, a mushroom and with all the different <laughs> types of mushroom that there are and, and so oh, <laughs> all all sorts so, uh, so anyway, so what happens? So it's, it's grown on these pot in these pods. Mm-hmm. What happens when they're ripe? They get hacked down with a machete. And then what happens is uh, it get it gets opened up then inside of these uh, beans that are a little bit bigger than a 50 pence piece. So I, I guess for want to, to be able to explain it over audio, then what happens is all that's taken out and then it's dry roasted and fermented. Uh, so sort of over a period of time. And then, then when they're ready what happens then they get then sort of packed up in, in sort of big bags and they get sent off to the different factories around the world. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking about chocolate, one of my favorite questions to ask is, so what, where is people's favorite chocolate come from? Some people say Switzerland, some people say so Belgium, some people say America, some people say, uh, so So my personal favorite chocolate? So that it, it's, you can buy it in Norway, but it doesn't, but all of this, so chocolate doesn't come from those countries. But uh, So chocolate, like I said at the beginning, so it's growing yeah. in between the tropics. Uh, but anyway, anyway so they, they yes. get sent to, off to these factories, and that's where, they get, when they get there, they get blasted with heat. Yeah. And then what happens is these uh, these balls, the, the beans, they get broken up into cacao nibs, which you can buy uh, in any uh, sort of supermarket, or you can buy them online. And uh, so we'll, we can get into the sort of benefits of those uh, in a little minute. And, and then what happens, whilst they're still hot, they then get pressed. And then there's a liquid that comes out, and that liquid is cocoa butter. And so then that yeah. has a multitude of, of uses, both in the food industry and in sort of cosmetics, for Ooh. for example. And then what happens is there's a, a process. This wouldn't be what what really happened as when they were making the drink from it in South Central America. This is more sort of modern day. Yeah. But what happens is that it gets ground into a paste. Really. Yeah.
0: Like the cocoa yeah. butter does. Yeah.
1: So the, the cocoa butter and uh, uh, so the cocoa solids that are left on the top, right. uh, yeah. and so after the, after the Mixed pressing.
0: together.: Yeah.:
1: Yeah, and that's a process called conching. Conching is, is basically the, as the chocolate is ground, and the, the longer the conching process happens, the smoother the chocolate is. So what you'll find is that uh, so the, the craft chocolate that is around, it doesn't necessarily it, it isn't necessarily as smooth as well-known chocolates, for example. And that's due to the conching process. So it just hasn't been ground as long. Okay. Now, a friend of mine went to, went to South America and, and she brought me back some cocoa nibs from Central America. And I thought, oh, wow, cool. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, oh, I'll give chocolate making a go. Now, I don't have a conching machine. <laughs> I have a pestle and mortar and my two hands. So my, my, my chocolate was very grainy. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: conching process usually starts off at, at, at 12 hours. And then uh, so it goes anywhere up to 48 hours plus.
0: And the factories would obviously have all the big machinery to do all that anyway, wouldn't
1: they? Exactly. Exactly. uh, I can't imagine there are many people in the world who would like to stand there grinding chocolate manually (laughs) for 24 hours. (laughs) So what happens after the conching process? So after the chocolate is ground for however long the, the different companies grind it for, the chocolate is then tempered. And tempering chocolate is a process where you you melt the chocolate and then you you cool the chocolate and then you warm it up again. And what happens there is you're realigning the crystals in the chocolate. And then what happens is then the, the chocolate sets, it sets solid, and, and also with a nice shine on it. So, have you? I, I'm assuming you've had some nice chocolates uh, before in your in your life. You, can, you, you remember the, the the shine that you got on the yeah. on the, it, the yeah, really you do get some nice color.
0: shine, yeah, on some of the chocolates, yeah. On oh, probably more the expensive ones, you get the shine do you more than the
1: yeah yeah, well, that's it that's it's the skill that's gone into making the actual chocolate, so mm-hmm. the the actual tempering of the chocolate, so that it's the tempering, which, like I said, it realigns the crystals in the chocolate, yeah, uh, which then creates the shine and the and the the beautiful snap when you snap, yeah, that's what you want in a chocolate bar, don't you, exactly, definitely, that's what makes a chocolate bar.
0: You know what, I've really learned something there, Christian, because I didn't know about the process of chocolate making. And I'm sure everyone else has learned a lot from that as well.
1: Pleasure to let the knowledge out. Yes,
0: it's fascinating. Right. I do want to talk about the health benefits of chocolate because our listeners are health and well-being aware. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure they will be very happy to know that chocolate is healthy and it also makes you more intelligent because that's what you said on your TEDx talk, which I was very impressed about that you did that, and I had a good listen. So very much. when we're talking about eating chocolate, does that include all chocolate? Like, I don't know, a Mars bar? If you ate a Mars bar, would you be more intelligent?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it out there and just say no, uh, <laughs> as, uh, if it's just Mars bars. But where, where the, sort of the health benefits of chocolate come in, this is the chocolate in its... Uh, not necessarily the, the raw form. So raw means that there's no actual sort of fermentation or dry roasting uh, when it comes to the process of making the chocolate itself. But what, what you're talking about from the cacao nibs, they are super, super good for you. So And this is where what you were talking about, so chocolate making you smarter. Mm. So uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, chocolate is super good for you and it can make you smarter. But There's a whole list of uh, as things. Do you, do you want me to go through them? Go on. Uh, so.
0: Go
1: on, yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay, so so we're going to start off with magnesium. Oh, so there's loads of magnesium in chocolate, and what magnesium does, it helps with your heart. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, what happens uh, then? That that is the number one mineral deficiency as uh, in Western Europe. So, eating chocolate is uh, is definitely beneficial to that. So, antioxidants is the highest amount as a percentage in any foods. Mm. which has uh, got the antioxidants in and uh, that that is chocolate that's cocoa nibs yeah and uh, that essentially it, what that does it, it stops your body from rusting uh, for, for want of a better sort of explanation so that's just it's it fights against inflammation is there's all sorts going on there is,
0: is that in tea and coffee as well antioxidants Yes, yes, yeah.
1: that's right. Yeah,
0: because with coffee and chocolate, is that a similar plant or is that totally different? Because I always think of like cocoa, bit be- like the beans. When you were mentioning the, the beans, I like instantly thought mm-hmm. of coffee.
1: Yes, it's totally so they, they are different, but the process in in making them there is very similar. As mm. uh, so with the dry roasting and the, and so the the fermenting of the yeah. of the coffee, coffee in particular. So, as tea, is, it's it's a, is a plant. It's the leaves uh, which then you dry out in different ways. In all honesty, my my knowledge almost stops at chocolate. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah,
0: we're talking about antioxidants, Christian. Sorry, I. I yeah, no, no, anything.
1: that's that's no problem. <laughs> uh, so in chocolate as well, so vitamin C. So mm. vitamin C is famously in oranges, but uh, chocolate has got more vitamin C in it than some, most berries in the natural world.
0: It's amazing. Uh, so you,
1: you mentioned about chocolate making you smarter as well which is a hundred percent so it promotes the neurotransmitters in the brain so it helps the signals bounce between both sides of your your brain brilliant uh, yes yeah, so chocolate is making it making everybody smarter absolutely so serotonin as well so it's the feel-good hormone mm. the, uh, there's uh, everybody knows about the feel-good uh good hormone uh, and sort of, especially with the sort of mental health being in the, in the forefront of a lot of people world in, mm. in across all industries, uh, not just the, the hospitality one, but uh, a chocolate, eat more chocolate. A, that's why
0: a, you see in the movies, everyone's sitting there all sad, eating their chocolate bars in front of the telly. It's a comfort food, but does it actually help, do you think, with depression and with mental health?
1: So me- mental health, in my opinion, it's, um, to boost your mental health, it's not just one thing that can fix it or make it better. It's it's about firstly doing things in general that just make you happy. And then uh, if it just so happens that chocolate makes you happy, much like this person here, uh, <laughs> eat the chocolate as as part of a balanced way of living.
0: Yeah, very good. Very good point. Is it because I know I joked about the Mars bar saying, Will that mm-hmm. make you smarter? But is it a certain type of chocolate that's going to have more of these benefits than other types of chocolate?
1: So, using the, the example of the, the Mars bar, for example, mm. so there's a bit a big thing about people getting addicted to chocolate. And so, what it is, it's, it's not actually the really, it's not. The chocolate that people get addicted to it's the preservatives and the additives that get added to these chocolates when they're being mass produced which then extends the shelf life and it, so it does does all sorts for uh the chocolate itself yeah so uh and this is this isn't just for mars bars obviously this is for sort of all the mass produced. and uh, in all honesty i, I love me a mars bar
0: Uh, i can't uh, imagine you eating a mars bar
1: (laughs) i i I had one just before we got um we started this just to to (laughs) Uh, maybe yes maybe but yeah it's uh, the additives and things that people get addicted to as well as the the the, the milk products that get added as well yeah no but it uh, says so the, the preservatives, the additives uh, and the sugar and uh, the sugar content as well. That's what people get themselves addicted to.
0: I've seen different percentages on chocolate bars. I was actually having a little nosy in the shop yesterday and mm-hmm. the dairy milk had 20% on it. And then there was a green and black, the dark one that had 70% on it. What do those percentages mean on the different chocolate bars?
1: That's a great question, and and that's a question that I ask the people when I'm doing a chocolate class. That's one of the questions that I ask. Mm. So I have bars of uh, of chocolate which are seventy percent, uh, which I use for my cooking, maybe some eating as well, maybe. Um, <laughs> but the then game. I ask, so what? So you got so this is seventy percent chocolate. What is the other thirty percent? And then people come back to me, ah, oh, is it cocoa butter? Nope. Not cocoa butter, is it the cocoa solids? No, because that, that's what the majority of the the 70% is. Yeah. So on this bar of 70% chocolate, the 30% is sugar.
0: Right. Oh wow.
1: So when you're looking at so the dark chocolate in particular, and uh, then the whatever is left, the majority of that is sugar. And then when it when it gets to sort of more milk chocolate and and white chocolate, uh, there's less cocoa solids in it. So white chocolate in particular, it still is chocolate. Uh, it just doesn't have any of the brown cocoa solids. Uh, so it doesn't it. have
0: any of that in it.
1: No, there's another really? the cocoa
0: the solid. white so, so what's it even made of then? The white chocolate.
1: So essentially, sugar and cocoa butter. Oh
0: right,
1: uh, so sugar, cocoa butter, and milk.
0: That wouldn't have any of those health benefits that we've been talking about. Then the, so the it, white it, chocolate.
1: Do you think? So it will because it's still got the cocoa butter in it. Okay, but what, there's a common misconception that the higher percentage of chocolate, though, the better the chocolate is.
0: That's what now, I that, was thinking. No, that's not true. Uh,
1: so that, that that's not uh, that's not actually true. So you you can get really good white chocolate. You get really good uh, milk chocolate. You get really good dark chocolate. On the flip side of that, you can get really bad dark chocolate. You can get really bad milk chocolate. You can get really bad white chocolate as well and mm-hmm. everything in between. Yep. So it's, it's not just that it's either good or bad. It's, it's sort of the whole scale. So what makes a chocolate good or bad is the amount of ingredients uh, in the actual chocolate. So the, the chocolate, for example, that I use for tempering when I'm, when I'm doing a load, a load of my chocolate work, so it's the Meniere's chocolate that so a lot of people can buy in in so certain supermarkets as well, mm-hmm. and the, the ingredients list is is minimal, it's, right. it's sort of very very small, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why I, I like that chocolate in particular. So you look at uh, the ingredients list using the example of a Mars bar, and you'll see that the ingredients list is much more
0: yeah, and it's on is,
1: exactly and this is the the, the uh, preservatives and the additives that get added yeah. yeah. And no, that's I... what makes
0: chocolate more doesn't it? And that's why we eat probably, yeah. like you say, you get that addiction because we're eating it more. Mm. And I suppose if we went for the more high-quality chocolate, that's probably not as more because maybe some of the dark chocolate particularly is quite bitter, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah. you still
0: get that sweet craving, wouldn't you, like having so, just yeah. a little bit of it, and then you just wouldn't want to have too much because it will get a bit sickly, wouldn't it, after a while?
1: Exactly, yeah, so I've spoken to countless people about chocolate over the years now and and they've said that so I don't really have a sweet tooth, but what I do is and what I do like is the darker chocolate, and what happens there is I have just a little bit of that dark chocolate yeah, and this is talking sort of seventy or eighty percent plus chocolate, yeah. and so that's obviously at the same time then reducing the amount of sugar that's in the actual chocolate as well, yeah, but you have just a small bit of this chocolate, and then that satisfies the chocolate craving. Mm. Because you're getting such a big sort of whack of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've
0: noticed that. Sorry, I'm mentioning green and blacks again because I was looking at that in the supermarket. So the plain dark chocolate was 70%. And mm. then the ones that had the flavorings in, like a toffee um, one or a salted caramel, then the percentage reduced, which makes sense of what you said about the other ingredients sort of being involved in the chocolate bar.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, There's more sugar uh,
0: basically, isn't
1: there? Precisely, precisely. Yeah, so toffee and salted caramel. Uh, it's toffee and caramel in particular. The two main ingredients in both of those is sugar and and cream. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, if we're going to choose, if we want to have the most healthier chocolate, we want to look at the higher percentage, really, because that's got the less sugar in it. And well, like so that. yeah,
1: uh, but yeah. Also look at the look at the ingredients list the ingredients. on the on the back. That's what I would say. Really, uh, and the smaller amount of. Ingredients usually the better the chocolate is.
0: Excellent. You know, just a little point on the health benefits, because I watched, I don't know if you've seen it, Christian, but Michael Mosley's documentary on BBC. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I haven't. Have a look, um, look. it's really good. And apparently there's a group of people called the Guna people, and they live mm. off the coast of Panama, and mm. they still drink that cocoa drink that you were talking about from years really? back. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. They still drink oh, it and it's supposed to have their blood pressure doesn't go up with age. So whereas Ooh. in the Western world our blood pressure might automatically go up with age, theirs doesn't at all because of this cocoa drink that they have still.
1: There we go. There we go. So, and that's incredible. That's amazing.
0: And you know wow. what it also reminds me of as well, you know, when um older people go into like residential homes and they have a drink of cocoa at night? Is that yeah. a similar thing? But I suppose that's got sugar and things added into it, hasn't it?
1: So, yeah. So drinking chocolate is uh, is essentially sort of cocoa powder and sugar. Uh, and yeah. uh, usually warmed up with some milk. Yeah. So there is this potentially the idea behind it is, is, is right. But I'd say it's more to help people relax because it's something the warm that's going through them. And it's... Yeah. Uh, no, there's kidding. good
0: intentions. They're probably thinking, oh, there's some health benefits for the people getting older, but it's probably not doing like the actual job they're hoping for necessarily
1: exactly (laughs) it's more
0: of a comfort isn't it so many people would presume as well christian that eating chocolate would be bad for your skin i know that when we were teenagers and people went through different stages of acne didn't we as teenagers the doctors might have said oh don't eat chocolate and don't eat this and etc what are your thoughts on that
1: oh right then so both yes and no in regards to that. I know it wasn't really a yes or no answer, uh, question to answer. <laughs> okay. but, uh, so let's go with no first. So, no, that's not right because, for, like, we were talking about the health benefits of chocolate uh, a little bit earlier. So, with, with all the sort of health benefits uh, sort of that I listed off, uh, so you've got the antioxidants, which is something which, which would then sort of reduce uh, any sort of swelling. Which is essentially what one of the things that causes the acne the spots breaking out and and, yeah. and have so in from that respect I'd say they're right, but uh in the respect that they are right it's the it's the sugar and the and the additives that are one of the causes of acne of uh sort of bad skin conditions so that that is what uh and so i would just like to just to clarify a little bit so i'm not i'm not really medically trained uh, yeah. as such. But uh, I'd like to think I know a little bit about chocolate now. Uh, It's just knowing uh, what's
0: in it, isn't it? Like you say, like the ingredients. So if there's like a certain chocolate that's got less sugar in it, then that's going to be better for you than one that's got more sugar in it. So that's an example.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's also about having a balanced diet and and exercising regularly and and the such like. So
0: So we don't always have to eat all the 70% and 80% chocolate bars because you had a Mars bar today didn't you exactly Exactly. like you say it's all in moderation (laughs)
1: exactly (laughs)
0: brilliant so let's talk about the different chocolate making processes with say a chocolate bar that you might have bought at the garage or chocolate that you make
1: so i've got a i've got a test kitchen and there, there there is a table in the chef's table so there's actually, there's two types of chocolatier, really. Mm. So that you get the chocolatiers that, that make the actual chocolate, which mm. is using the process that I talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah. And then you've got the chocolatiers, which is more where I sort of step in. And so w- when we were talking about the, how chocolate is made, we've got to the tempering process. And then so after it gets tempered, it gets then set in the molds, and then, then it gets wrapped up and, and sold. Yeah. I'm the type of chocolatier that, that comes in after that. So after all the hard work is done then I get the easy job of just using it to make stuff. So there's loads of uh, uses for chocolate now.
0: So making it all look pretty and things like
1: yeah. that. Yeah, yeah there's, so you, you make different chocolate sculptures, and that that's the stuff you can do with, with chocolate is just amazing. And then there's however many hundreds of different chocolate desserts you can make. Yeah. Uh, so we, we also make, uh, in the wintertime, we make the individual chocolates. Uh, where we temper the chocolate for the outside, and then we just pour it into our molds, and so to take it out, of the mold, uh, empty it out, so it's just the shell left, yeah. Uh, and then we fill the shells with different fillings like jams and jellies oh. and oh, wow. uh, chocolate And there's caramels, and, and all sorts of weird, wonderful stuff.
0: And then you might sell those as like Christmas gifts and and things like that, Absolutely. would you?
1: Absolutely, yeah, mm. yeah. So there, so there's Christmas gifts, and so we, we tend to do it more in the winter time mainly because my kitchen is, is quite warm as a room. And when when uh, when you're tempering chocolate, you need to be able to cool the chocolate down. And so you melt it to 45 degrees, and then you cool mm. it down to 25. And if the room itself is quite warm, which it can be in the summer, and it sort of has been, uh, even yeah. though the weather hasn't been particularly particularly great this year, moments. Um, exactly. <laughs> So what we say, uh, the chocolate, the individual chocolates, uh, anyway, uh, so we make them when it's a little bit cooler uh, in the...
0: uh, And people space fancy chocolate more in the winter, do they, than they do in the summer? Is that right? Or is that just
1: me? I love chocolate all year round.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So do you make Easter eggs as well when it comes around to the Easter time? Do you make and design lots of fancy Easter eggs?
1: So no, we, we we don't do the actual Easter eggs as such. So the the chocolate side of what we do here at Saltco, it, it's I wouldn't say it's the main part of what we do, but it it is a, a quite an important part hmm. because, uh, like like we said, so so many people like chocolate,
0: hmm. and we
1: do so many different things with it because we we don't have the the space to hold all the different chocolate molds for Easter eggs, but we do lots of different things throughout the year with chocolate.
0: Yeah, tell us more about Saltco then. So this is your business, um, Christian. Okay. Tell us more yes. about that, and how did you get into the chefing side? Where else have you worked leading up to setting up Salt Co as a business?
1: Fantastic. Right then, so that that's quite a few questions. So I'm going to see if I can <laughs> answer them in chronological uh, order for you. So where this whole thing came about. So like, like I said at the beginning, so when I was a toddler, I didn't really eat anything other than pears. And then <laughs> so when I got to sort of, I think I was. So early twenties when I, when I decided I wanted to be a chef. So I'd done my, my GCSCs. So I'm half Norwegian. So I, I'm very proud of my Norwegian heritage. So I went to Norway when I was 16. I went to a sailing school for a year, which was amazing. Came mm. back and I did my A levels. And then I, I, I worked uh, when I came back, I, I got a, a job in a particularly rubbish corner shop where they, uh, they turned the electrics off at night just to save electricity. So the fridge <laughs> and freezer got switched off. <laughs> So I like to hope that wasn't where my interest in food came from, but uh, <laughs> it kind of stemmed in that, that area. But then, uh, but then when I sort of told my parents that I was thinking, OK, I'd quite like to be a chef. And sort of threw everybody out because, like I said, I hadn't really eaten anything since as a toddler. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the, the reason where my brain went with regards to becoming a chef is that my thinking is everybody likes somebody who can cook. Yeah. And I also thought uh, it was a a way of attracting some ladies
0: as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> a plus point, actually, isn't it? My husband's quite a good cook, so I'm quite lucky there. But yeah, we do ah, like a man that can cook.
1: Yes. Fantastic. Good well, choice. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, it's a... Well, Working is uh, quite widely publicised that so working as a chef, uh, you don't really get any free time. So, so being a che- uh, dating a, a chef, being married to a chef, can be difficult.
0: Yeah, it's a bit unsociable uh, hours, isn't it?
1: So I love it when people say that about <laughs> chefing because it, in some ways, absolutely it is. But the the business model, uh, so I joke about the business model of Salt Code being that I go to people's houses, meet nice people, and drink their wine. So uh, yeah, that that's really not unsociable. It's actually right? very
0: sociable. Yeah. So I suppose being a private chef, you get to go to all these different functions, don't you, and serve people your
1: delicious food. That's it. So that that's the main thing of, of saltco. So we we do bespoke seven course tasting menus mm. when we go around to people's houses and we and we cook. So we we say we cook and we serve and we do the washing up as well. Oh do you? And then wow. so you've got your reaction just there. It's one of the reasons why I say that we do the washing up as well, because <laughs> it seems that some people are more excited that the washing up yeah. gets done than the actual food itself. The actual food, definitely. Uh, and uh, that, that's uh, hilarious. When can uh, we
0: book? I bet you're booked up for months.
1: So we, we we definitely get booked quite far in advance with regards, definitely Saturdays. So the next oh. Saturday we have free. Off the top of my head, I'd say it's probably the new year uh, wow. already. Yeah. Uh, so new, new Year's Eve got booked already. Like New Year's Eve this year got booked last summer. Yeah. And I've already had sort of five or six other sort of interests on in, uh, New Year's Eve. So sort the of Saturdays. So we, we do it all week. So yeah. other than Sundays. So my uh, my my girlfriend uh, understandably gets a little bit annoyed if I book something on a Sunday. Yeah. Because that's our day to spend together. Yeah. Yeah. That's ah uh, well, I try. I try not to be horrible. because I don't always <laughs> succeed, but in general, I try. <laughs> so the Sundays are our are our day together. We tend to go out for breakfast and yeah. just have a nice relaxing day together. Which
0: is nice.
1: That's nice. Yeah. Wow. Then, so you asked also about where where I've worked. So yeah. Where did
0: it? Yeah. Where did you start, and how did it lead into what you're doing now?
1: Ah, oh, well. So when I set up my business, this was already. 14 years into being a yeah. chef so I've, I've worked so I've done a little bit all over the place so so I've, I've worked on a luxury yacht a Ooh. cruise ship a sailing ship so I've done some traveling with it I've also worked locally so there I used to work at West Beach for a while I worked to the print room and uh, last restaurant I worked here was was the Hilton in town Bournemouth town centre
0: yeah
1: and so I used to run the uh, run the fish section there and that was uh that was fun
0: they've got a nice restaurant haven't they is it called the Forks and Spoons is that right
1: so, spoons and forks. That's uh, it. But, but yeah, you, you're right.
0: <laughs> it's at the bottom, isn't it? It's really nice. I've been there before.
1: Yeah, so they, they've got a tandoor oven in the kitchen there. We used to cook all the steaks in there. So, I ran a fish section, so we cooked whole mackerel in it and all, all sorts. Of, oh, wow. Uh, no, that was that was quite cool. That was something a bit different. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Lovely. And it's but. led you to having your own private chef business. Do you run it alongside anybody else? Does, have you got people that help you?
1: Yeah, so, so we've got a small team now. So they, there's uh, so four of us at the moment. So w- what I say with the the whole dinner party thing is that I do up to six on my own. And that's for the full seven courses
0: and the washing uh, up.
1: And, and the, well, I hide it in people's drawers, but they, they don't <laughs> complain about that until they see it in the morning. So that's a. <laughs> and uh, but then when when it's uh, six people or, or above, then I have uh, a plethora of sous chefs that come and help and uh, are yeah. soup. The people I've got working with me, they're incredible. Amazing. Uh, I quite rightly say that when I've got a sous chef with me, they're the ones that do all the hard work. Yeah. All I do is, uh, is stand there and, and talk. Uh, Socialise
0: and drink their wine and, yeah.
1: Exactly. That does sound
0: perfect. Sounds like a great job.
1: Oh, it can be tough, but yeah. it really isn't. <laughs>
0: well, running your own your own business is going to be tough, isn't it, at times, but
1: it's yeah, also so really
0: it, rewarding.
1: Oh, very much so. Very much so. So, so the, there are challenges, so the, absolutely. But in general, it's, it's, I love my job. I, mm. Genuinely, the best job I've ever done. And I, I like to think I've done some quite cool stuff in the in the luxury yacht and the sort of cruise ship. And uh, yeah. so the places I've worked locally, the, the people I've met, the, the food I've cooked. And so now running my business, this is hands down my favorite job.
0: Yeah. All the skills yeah. all brought together nicely.
1: Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, okay, we're, we're getting some awards for it now, which is that's which incredible.
0: Is Amazing. Well deserved.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Have you got a unique selling point, Christian, that separates you from the rest of the other sort of private chef businesses?
1: So, yes. Yes is the short answer. Now, I'm not really a massive fan of the whole sort of selling things. It doesn't mean I'm not going to tell you everything, but <laughs> one of my least favorite Types of people are, are salespeople, those particularly the really pushy ones. I've got no time for it. But from a USP point perspective, I can guarantee my, when my girlfriend listens to this, she's going to expect me to say my sense of humor. And then she, she'll say that, no, that is absolutely not the case. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get that one out of the way first. <laughs> so in, in that we make everything ourselves, that, that's something that is a, is a bit of a USP for the full seven courses. here. We make the bread, we make the butter to go with the bread, oh, uh, wow. the salt. Salts that we put on the table, we so we we smoke one of them, and uh, I say people can take whatever they want from that sentence. Uh, but what we do is we infuse it with cold smoke, and then that that sits there for a little while, and that gives a nice smoky flavour to it. Nice, uh, yeah. And then we do sort of the butchering, fish prep as well, so filleting the fish. So we do fish demos as it, sometimes uh, when we're doing a dinner, so I show people how to fillet fish. So we do all sorts of. Uh, so sort of cookery, so sort of demos, and the, the whole idea with our our kitchen here in Upton is to be able to do so sort of little pop up evenings and little demos mm. and classes and, and things like that here. Yeah. So from the butchery and the fish prep, so we make everything. It's even the ice cream and sorbets that we do. We we make them, and then we churn them on on the site. So when we get to people's houses, one of the first jobs is we start churning the ice cream or the sorbet. Now, I, I say that's one of our USPs, but in, in all honesty, that is purely because I love fresh ice cream and sorbet. Uh, <laughs> it tastes amazing. So, yeah, that, that's about a third of the USPs that we've got. Lots I think.
0: of USPs. No, really high standard. And the website looks amazing. So well. I had a little look, I was like, wow, it looks so inviting. So tell us what the website is called and where can we find you on social media?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right then. So website. So it's www.salt-co.co.uk.
0: Brilliant. Easy to remember. Yeah.
1: That will get you to our uh, sort of our website there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There are two co's in it. So the business is saltco and then it's .co.uk. So salt-co.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, And on the website, you'll see all all the little bits about the classes that we do, the chef's table that we've got here in Upton the private dining where we go around to people's houses. Then uh, there's also a contact us page on there. And uh, yeah, so you'll, you'll see see all sorts there. So, yeah, and you asked about social media. We use social media a lot. So there, there's a lot of negativity about social media around, but from a business perspective, I think it's invaluable. So I, I use it a lot. And so what we do when we do a dinner, we do a chocolate demo or we do, well, when we're finished doing the, the talk now, uh, I'm going to do a little post on what we've just done. Oh, so we we post everything that we do. Uh, so we like the menus. We do po- photos of the food that we've done. Yeah, yeah, it's all oh. good. And then, what's so, the
0: handle for Instagram?
1: Great question. So Instagram, you'll find us as a, at Salt underscore Co underscore Chef. Right,
0: that's, I'm writing that's
1: this down. It. Yeah, and then uh, you'll find us on Facebook as well. So and that'll be at Salt. .co.chef Amazing And there, there you'll see that we uh, so we have a, have a look through there and you'll see how much we use social media
0: It's going to be so tempting though when I go on these Facebook and Instagrams I'm going to be like booking you straight away because it's going to be too inviting and tempting I'm sure
1: It would be a pleasure It would <laughs> be a pleasure
0: Right Let's go back to chocolate to end our podcast because I think the question on everyone's lips is is there an endless supply of chocolate around the world in for you to keep doing your business forever. We all love it, but does it depend on the climate and a good supply of plants? Will we just keep having chocolate forever?
1: No. <gasps> no. What? No. That's the short term answer for a, a long term issue.
0: That's not the answer um, I wanted to hear.
1: <laughs> so which we're trying uh, sort to of bring positivity to everything we do, but there's 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 a limit, yeah uh, I'm afraid. <laughs> So all is under control with this. So at the moment, what I found as they're doing the different research is that for the Western people in in general, it's the Western culture that eat a lot more chocolate than the Asians, for example. So one human, adult human, eats on average 286 bars of chocolate a year. Really? So what that means, uh, obviously, some people eat more, some people eat less. So it's... and then uh, what that means, so to make that much chocolate for one person, so that's, uh, you get pods from around 10 chocolate trees. So that that's how much chocolate you need for one person. Mm. And then obviously in the world, there's more than one person. And uh, so uh, however many billion people that is, it's going to multiply that, the amount of trees that you, you're you going to need. There's a lot of trees. You're certainly talking quite a lot. So what's happening is chocolate is being eaten at a faster rate than it's being produced at the moment. That Mm -hmm. is what's happening. That's the reality in in today's world. But what happens, uh, what is happening, sorry, is that uh, scientists are working on a more disease resistant uh, strain of of actual chocolate. So then that would then cover the amount of chocolate that is being eaten in today's world.
0: Good. Thank goodness for that.
1: Everything is under control. Everything's good to go. And uh, I like to think that I'll I'll be in business for a good few, many more decades still.
0: I'm sure you will. If not, we're going to have to get all those little greenhouses like the Eden Project has in our gardens.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) How cool would that be? That'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right. Lastly, would you say chocolate, Christian, brings people together and makes the world a happier and healthier place?
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So there, there is a lot of negativity of, about chocolate, and so in particular how chocolate is, is grown, and then there's the th- stuff about child labour, with uh, uh, specifically in sort of Western Africa. But that is being sort of stamped out. That is being worked on. That is being eradicated, which is mm. fantastic news. It's- but when it comes to the the actual eating of chocolate, that's absolutely is. It makes people happier. It's just all round sort of, sort of positivity. When it comes to, to actual chocolate, so, like you said, when people are in in, in Hollywood eating uh, eating chocolate whilst watching a film, and you see how they feel automatically better as they're magically after after the chocolate, and <laughs> uh, yeah, it's there we go, all sorts of uh, goodness. So
0: chocolate yes. is good for you, yes. And you've inspired me actually, Christine, to look at the ingredients when I go and buy chocolate. And look at the percentage and think that there are healthy alternatives and I don't have to buy all the ones with the extra preservatives in. So I'm going to do that a little bit more. Not all the time, because like you say, it's a
1: balance. Exactly. (laughs) Can I give a little shout out to a chocolate maker? Definitely. So Craft House Chocolate. Is the company you, you want to look for? Uh, they were based here in in Poole, yeah, uh, but they've moved over to Summer, I believe it's Summerford, over in Somerset. So they, they've run away a little bit, but their their chocolate is amazing. They've won several awards, so for the great taste awards for all of their different types of chocolate. And Netty, who uh, who runs it with her partner, they're both super super lovely. And uh, if you're in the area, definitely go and check out Craft House Chocolate.
0: I will, and I'll tag them as well. I wonder what their social media is. I can always look it up if you don't know it.
1: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll
0: look it up and I'll tag it when I post the podcast. But Christian, thank you. You have been a wonder of knowledge and positivity. I've had the best fun recording this chat with you. So thank you so much.
1: You are absolutely most welcome. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: It's been wonderful. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. So thanks very much. And hopefully we'll see you very soon absolutely take care bye thank you so much for listening to the podcast today if you haven't already please follow Kiri presents or inspiring stories on the podcast platform of your choice and don't forget to share on the socials if you enjoyed it thank you very much and talk to you soon